Jenna Ellis in the morning on American Family Radio. One of the president's ride-or-die defenders is legal advisor Jenna Ellis. It's such a political prosecution and a political persecution. Quote. This, to me, is a clear violation of the Fourth Amendment. It's revisionist originalism. Tolerance just isn't a two-way street with the Democrats. And I think that tells you all we need to know. Newsmax contributor and former legal counsel to President Trump. Jenna Ellis. morning and we are starting a rather somber Tuesday with a gunman opening opening fire uh, Monday night at Michigan State University killing three people and wounding five more according uh, just moments ago to the Associated Press before fatally shooting himself miles away after an hours long manhunt that forced frightened students to hide in the dark so Uh, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer is uh, providing some of those updates as well as local law enforcement. So uh, we will certainly be tracking this story. And my good friend Todd Starnes will join us uh, later in the program uh, to discuss this and also uh, react to my first guest, my very special guest uh, that I promised all of you yesterday. And of course, that is none other than President Trump. I had the opportunity yesterday to sit down with him and I would like to play that full interview uninterrupted for you right now. So uh, please enjoy. I'd like to now welcome to American Family Radio the 45th President of the United States, Donald J. Trump. And Mr. President, on behalf of our listeners, which represent millions of families and evangelical Christians across the nation that are very grateful to you for your stand on religious freedom, pro-life, liberty, securing our borders, our Constitution, thank you, sir, for fighting for America and for our values. Well, thank you, Janet, for all the work you've done. Right from the beginning, I knew you, and you were up front, and you got it right. And so it's an honor to be with you, and good luck with all of this. You're doing really well. Proud of you. Thank you so much, sir. And and we just, we love you. And I want to focus on uh, this interview for your campaign for 2024 and some of the policy initiatives that you're promising us because uh, you have always made promises and you've kept your promises. And so uh, in terms of the digital bill of rights, you foresaw how big tech was colluding with the deep state to censor the American people. And one of your best policy initiatives so far that I'm excited about is the digital bill of rights. So what are your thoughts on the Twitter files and protecting our right to speak freely in the digital public square? Well, when you see what happened with, uh, and you and you can take a look at it in any way, and it's only the ones that, that, that have come out, but when you look at the collusion and what took place with the FBI and Twitter, Twitter files, but this is just a small part of Twitter files, but a very important part, and how they were silenced, essentially, and maybe they were doing the silencing, I don't know, but it's the same result, how they were silenced having to do with all of the corruption that it was done by Democrats on many fronts, but also the whole Hunter Biden laptop from hell. When you see that and when you saw what happened, people were shocked by it, that basically government was controlling uh, free speech and they were controlling it strongly and saying what you can talk about, what you can't, and they're trying to do it in a place in a polite way, but I guarantee at the time it was done, it wasn't very polite. So when you see that happening, uh, it had a tremendous impact on the election. Uh, as you know, John McLaughlin and others, a lot of the great pollsters said 17 points, 17%, uh, which, is a sh- which is millions and millions of votes. Now, 
there were many other ways they cheated also. This is one way. But this was a terrible, this was a shocking event to see, and we're going to make sure that doesn't happen again. And, and Mr. President, you also recently said that the woke agenda resembles a new established religion, which violates the Establishment Clause and Free Exercise Clause of the Constitution. And you said we can't have that. I think you're absolutely right that the progressive left's view really is a new religion they're trying to impose on everyday Americans. Can you elaborate how you're going to fight this battle? Well, it's a religion, and we can't allow this to happen. This is not... Uh, I think when you're saying religion, you're talking about the fervor. And I can add another thing to it, the environment. You have people that don't know a thing about the environment, and that's become a religion also. And it's a religion that's going to destroy our country with the windmills and all of the things that don't work and don't work well. Or they work, but you have to pay five times more for your on your electric bill every month, or you can't get fuel for your car unless you're paying five, six, seven dollars a gallon. And uh, they want to take your gasoline cars away. They want to take your, your, the mode of transportation. They want to give you all electric so that you have the privilege of driving an hour and a half before you have to load up again. It's, it's crazy what's going on. No, we can't allow it. Uh, woke, the word woke is a very, a very uh, big word because it means a lot of things to a lot of people. But it also means a lack of freedom of speech because they want you to stop. You know, I, I said in a, a speech the other day, the first time I used it, it's like April Fool's Day every day during the Biden administration. Uh, they want open borders. They should be closed. April Fool's Day. They don't want voter ID. You should have voter ID. It's April Fool's Day. Everything's like the opposite. Uh, they want you to have all electric cars. They don't want you to have gas stoves. They want... It's it's crazy what they're doing, and they're destroying this country. They're destroying it. When they allow people to come in by the millions and millions where prisons are being emptied from other countries, by the way, very smart of them to do that, and being sent into the United States when the mental institutions of other countries are being emptied, totally emptied, and sent into the United States, the people that were there, are being sent into the United States. That's April Fool's Day, because who would ever think that this is possible? They actually do the opposite. I believe you're going to have 15 million people in this country within a very short period of time, not 3 million like they talk about. Those people rushing the borders and invading the country, I believe it's 15 million people. That's bigger than New York State. And I think that if, if somebody doesn't get out and talk about it and do something about it, we had the safest border in the history of our country, and that included drugs. Drugs were down by massive numbers. Now the drugs are nine or ten times higher than they were just two years ago, pouring in and killing our, our children and our families and destroying the, the lifeblood of our country. And you have to talk about it, and you have to talk, and then you have to get somebody in office like me that's going to do something about it because I did something. You know, a lot of people say, oh, we'd love to have the Trump policy, maybe, but with somebody nicer. I'm actually very nice, but you can't be too nice when you're trying to stop people from invading your country and destroying your country. So uh, you have to get somebody in there that's going to do something about it. We had the safest border. We had the best numbers on drugs, I believe, in 30 years, 32 years. We have uh, now many, many times the amount of drugs pouring into our country that we had just two years ago. So we have an election coming up 
and it's going to truly be one of the most important elections. I think it's going to be a life or death election. I think it's going to either save our country or our country is going to go into an abyss like like nobody has ever seen. And once that happens, it will never be saved. I think you're absolutely right, Mr. President. And, you know, you and I have, have spoken at length about how even just in the last two years, Joe Biden has completely transformed America into an unrecognizable country. And I think any rational person who says, were you better off under Donald Trump than you are under Joe Biden? No rational person, I don't care what party, can say that they are better off now. And he is poised to announce a re-election campaign. Can the country even survive the next two years until 2024 or potentially another six years under these radical Democrat policies? Well, two years is not going to be easy. Six years you don't even want to discuss because there's zero chance. But two years is not going to be easy. You know, I passed the largest tax cuts in history. They want to quadruple your taxes. They're going to quadruple your taxes and take away things that, uh, which is the same thing. When they take away your cars, when they take away your, your stoves, when they take away all of the different things, your washing machines. Let's have washing machines with no water. We don't want to give you water, even though we have plenty of water in large sections of this country. There's no reason for this. Uh, put restrictors on so they essentially don't work. You know what people do? They run the washing machines nine times instead of once, and they end up using more water. No, I mean, these policies are policies of no common sense. But the big thing is what's happening with the military. You mentioned the word woke. They, they want a woke military instead of a great military. Everything is changing so drastically. Now, six years will, will be the end of the country. Two years is not going to be easy. It's two years. Think about the taxes. So I gave you the biggest tax cuts in history, the biggest regulation cuts in history. They want to put back all the regulations, which will destroy a lot of the companies that were able to thrive and hire people. And they want to increase your taxes by many times. How is this good? It's, it's, it's not. And I think any rational person would agree with you. And, and I agree with you that there is no way that anyone should be voting for Democrats to be in charge for another uh, six years. I mean, there, and, and you were right that the 2024 election is going to be life or death for America. And so for the Republican side, of course, you are the undisputed head of the Republican Party, yet there are other candidates that are coming for the party's nomination. And, sir, you've welcomed challengers uh, like Nikki Haley, but you've also told other potential challengers like Governor Ron DeSantis to stay out. So what is your thought and your metric on uh, how you are still going to be the undisputed head and why um, all of the Republicans should rally around and support you for the nomination? Yeah, well, I never told DeSantis to stay out. He's got to do what he's got to do. I just uh, let people know, because I believe in loyalty, that he was at like 3%. He was dead in politics. He was never going to be in office. He was getting ready to leave the race, and he came over and asked whether or not it would be possible for me to endorse him. And uh, for whatever reason, I did endorse him, and he ended up going up like a rocket ship, and he won that election. Then I got him through there. Their big star was going to be the gentleman that he beat, as you know, in the in the uh, 
uh, regular in the general election. So he won the primary. He was way behind Adam Putnam, who was the uh, head of agriculture in the state of Florida. Very good guy. But I didn't know him, so I had no real compunction. I knew Ron a little bit, not that much, but he was one of many, many people that fought for me on impeachment hoax number one and the uh, Mueller hoax, which was another hoax. There were a lot of hoaxes, and that's what they try and do. They try and close up the people that are doing the right thing for the country because I believe they actually hate the country. So when I endorsed him, he was like a rocket ship. He ended up getting the, uh, I mean, coming back from like a 30 or 40 point deficit and in a short period of time, he ends up getting the nomination, which he would never would have gotten. He would have dropped out. He was getting ready to. He would have dropped out very quickly, and that was number one. And then I got him through held rallies, and we had tremendous crowds at the rallies. And he ended up beating a guy that he wasn't supposed to beat because of me. And then he runs. So you know, I call that disloyalty. But I, you know, I have no problem. He he's going to have to do what he has to do. But I think, you know, I'm a very big believer in loyalty. Somebody gets you in, you sort of be loyal to that person, especially when that person was, it was just reported today somewhere that one of the most, one of the most important presidents ever on the things we did with the tax cuts, with rebuilding the, the military, we built the United States military. We were flying around on 48 year old jet fighters and we had a military that was collapsing and I rebuilt the entire United States military. Uh, right to try, if you look at that. Uh, regulations, taking all the regulations that were such a waste. We've got a massive number. That's why the economy was just absolutely booming. The new group wants to put them back. But all of the different things that we've done, and, you know, I think to me, loyalty is a very important word. But you could look at Nikki Haley also. Look, she said, I would never run against our president. And I guess she's going to announce this week or next week. And they have to do what they have to do. It's okay. I think when people look at the record I had, we had the greatest economy in history. Our military was strong. We were respected all over the world. Ukraine would have never been invaded by Russia. Taiwan would never be invaded by China. If that happens, which it might. Uh, all of these things, uh, Kim Jong-un, North Korea, that was going to be a war. And I ended up doing a great job with that one, too. And uh, we had a... Uh, an understanding, he and I, and it saved a lot of lives because you're talking about big stuff with nuclear. So, you know, all of the things that I did, and far too many to discuss on your on your short call, but all of the things uh, that we've done, you know, we're getting, we're getting a lot of great praise. And you take a look at the right to life issue. So there was, I put on three Supreme Court judges, over 300 judges. Our whole court system is different than it was. Look at the Ninth Circuit, but just so different than what it was. It's three great Supreme Court judges, and because justices, and because of the fact that I did that, you have a whole new world out there, and, you know, very few people have done what I've done, and very few few people, very few administrations have made the impact that the Trump administration made, and then we had an election which, as you know, was rigged, it was a rigged election, and it was, it's a disgrace that it can happen. And we're like a third-world country. And right now we're leading in all the polls. We're leading very, very big in the Republican Party, and we're beating Biden very easily. Yes, indeed, sir. And I think a lot of people forget how close we came to losing the free state of Florida. 
and we how, how close we came to losing the free state of Florida. And without your endorsement, uh, then it is likely that, that Ron DeSantis would have never come into Florida. And without the uh, Supreme Court justices, we would have never gotten to the overturning of Roe versus Wade. I mean, all of these things are because of you and because you stood strongly and you stood firmly. And I think the American people really do know that. And looking ahead to 2024, uh, you have so many great accomplishments from your first term. And I do believe that the judicial branch transformation back to conservative justices is will be the greatest impact of your legacy of your first term. What do you want to be the greatest legacy of your second term? Well, we built the strongest border. We got the strongest border. And I worked with Mexico, and we had stay in Mexico. Can you imagine Mexico even approving that? But they really had to. And I had a stay in Mexico policy where criminals aren't allowed into our country and where a lot of bad people are not allowed into our country. And nobody was allowed until they got checked out. And nobody thought that was possible. I was able to get that done very strongly. And these people want to give it up, which is why there can only be two reasons. They're stupid or they hate our country. Can only be, And I don't think they're stupid because you can't be stupid and cheat in elections as well as they do, okay? So it must be that they hate our country. But you look at all of the things that we've done for the border, we're going to have to straighten that situation out. That would be one of the very early things. We have to bring back the economy. We have to go back to getting uh, to becoming energy independent, which we no longer are. I filled up the strategic reserves, and he lowered the strategic reserves to a level that hasn't been for 50 years in order to try and win an election because they had the election coming up. And gas prices were through the roof, so it's very artificial. But right now it's hitting new lows in terms of what – I got it filled up. I made phenomenal deals on oil at the lowest point, and we filled it up. Something hadn't been done for 54 years. And all of the things that we've done, we're going to have to redo some of them. Some of them have, have been able to stay. You know, it's very hard for them to break our tax. We got the low taxes. Very hard for them to be able to make that that – situation uh, take hold. They'd like to increase it by four or five times, if you can believe that. But the economy, if that happened, will crash like nobody's ever seen. And it's already crashed. Last year, they had one of the worst years in the history of the stock markets in term- because the economic recovery is terrible. Unemployment numbers are actually terrible. People aren't looking for jobs, so they don't count them in the numbers. So then you see 3.5%, but they don't count people that are no longer in the job market because they're not looking for jobs for all the wrong reasons. So we want to get the economy strong. We had the strongest economy in history. And I actually did it twice. I did it pre-COVID, and then I did it again after COVID. And we did a phenomenal job on COVID and the job we did, people are just starting to see what a great job we did. And therapeutically, with therapeutics, we did a fantastic thing with Regeneron and so many others. So we're going to have to get it back. We're going to have to make our borders strong again. We're going to have to take criminals out of our country because we have, we have hundreds of thousands of criminals roaming through our country right now. Mental patients, criminals, uh, it's, it's not murderers, rapists. They're roaming through our country right now, free at will. You know, if you want to become a citizen of the United States, it's very hard. You have to go through, you have to take tests, and people are calling me all the time. How do you do the process? And frankly, I don't say this, but a lot of people do. Go to the southern border and just walk into the country. It's ridiculous. 
It is. Yes, sir. Well, I, I so appreciate, Mr. President, uh, the time and opportunity you took for uh, for this interview and this call. And just the very last question I have with, uh, for you, uh, we have to address election integrity. And uh, that is the number one question that I still get from very concerned citizens out there saying we want Donald Trump back in office. We want all of this. But how are we going to get there with such a corrupted system? So what is the plan that you want for the states and how can uh, the millions of, of American families that are listening into this that care about that? What would you tell them to do as an action item that they can help affect change and protect our elections? So it's a great question because, as you know, they try and fake you into not discussing it. Oh, people don't want to hear about that. It's the number one question. And frankly, it's in a way the most important question, because if you have rigged elections like we had, they use COVID in order to cheat. And they had fake ballots in many other ways, even the FBI colluding with with Twitter and with Facebook and everything. Else. You look at all the ways they cheated and it didn't take many frankly. There were many different ways that they cheated, all of which would have amounted to a very easy victory, because we, we did phenomenal. Got more votes than anybody, any sitting president in history. Many more than we got the first time. I mean, we ran better than we did the first time, but it was a, a horrible rig system, and it can't be allowed to happen. The Republicans are getting much stronger on it. They see the problem. And once you see the problem, you can do things about it. They didn't see the problem. We got them by surprise in 2016. And then they worked on a system of cheating, the likes of which nobody, like a third world country. But the Republicans see the problem and that problem is being rectified. Yes, sir. Well, continue to talk about it. It is the number one question that I still get. And uh, and I thank you, sir, for your championing of America and for fighting for families, for fighting against the crazy woke agenda. Um, keep up the good work. And thank you so much. It was an honor and privilege uh, to serve on your campaign and to support you. And so thank you for taking the time for this interview today. And hopefully you'll be back on soon. Well, thank you very much, Jenna. Great honor for me. And keep up the good work. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, that was President Donald J. Trump. And we will be right back with more uh, with Todd Starnes' reaction and to take your calls right here on Jenna Ellis in the Morning. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan, double MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. 
This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Avril Haines, Director of National Intelligence. She heads up the U.S. intelligence community, oversees the National Intelligence Program, and serves as an advisor to the president. Proverbs 11.14 reminds us of the importance of wise counsel. Where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Avril Haines as she advises the president. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make the switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. Justin Pearson is the newest member of the Tennessee House of Representatives. He's a radical black activist from Memphis, and he's facing criticism from his fellow lawmakers over his wardrobe. The other day, he showed up for work in a combed-out afro wearing a black dashiki. The blouse is associated with West African culture. Now, Mr. Pearson says the dress and his afro symbolize resistance, and he wants to use his office to be subversive to the status quo. He also says wearing a suit is a sign of white supremacy. Now, Republican lawmaker David Hawk blasted Mr. Pearson, accusing him of violating decorum, a longstanding practice for men to wear a coat and tie in the Capitol. He recounted the time he was banned from entering the House chamber because he did not wear a tie. The person who gave that order was Lois DeBerry, then serving in House leadership, a black woman. Mr. Pearson remains defiant and accused his fashion critics of being racist. I'm Todd Starnes. Welcome back to Jenna Ellis in the Morning on American Family Radio. Welcome back. And if you missed the interview just moments ago with President Donald J. Trump, you can listen in to that interview again when the podcast version of this program is posted at AFR.net. So definitely take that, share it with your friends. And I want to get reaction to this interview now from my good friend Todd Starnes, who, of course, is the host of the Todd Starnes Show. Uh, So, Todd, good morning. And uh, what did you think overall of, of the interview with President Trump? Hi, Jenna. Good morning. And first, congratulations. Always a great get when you can have the President of the United States on your program. Uh, That is a very rare thing. So uh, you should be uh, celebrating uh, that just terrific interview today. Uh, Look, I, I was excited to hear the President again. I think he is focused on winning. And uh, one of the things I, I love about this president is he is he's a man who's very comfortable in his own skin. What you see is what you get when it comes to President Trump. And I know that you had mentioned uh, Ron DeSantis. I was rather intrigued by his his response there uh, because I I suspect 
there is a little bit of animosity there. Uh, and, and honestly, it's the, the president feeling as if he may have been betrayed by Governor DeSantis. But again, DeSantis has not entered the race. There's many indications that he's going to. Uh, the other issue is Nikki Haley, who just a few moments ago, Axios published her campaign announcement video, which is supposed to be coming out later today. It's already out, and uh, we'll have to see how uh, the president responds to that news. Yes, indeed. And, and you know, I think you're right, uh, Todd. I thought that his uh, tone, President Trump's tone overall, uh, was the the classic just Donald Trump that all of us know and love and supported from 2016 to 2020. And he was focused very much on policy on, um, you know, he didn't say the words make America great again, but that was, uh, that was really the focus. And when he talks about policy and he talks about his accomplishments rather than uh, some of maybe the rhetoric that's on truth social now that used to be on Twitter, those are the things that get uh, the base excited. Those are the things of why we say this is the guy that we can trust. And when he was talking about his relationships with uh, Kim Jong-un, for example, and saying, you know, this would have never happened, um, you know, any of this with uh, and with Mexico um, under uh, Joe Biden, this would have never happened under a Trump administration. We know that to be true. We know that he took a hard line on foreign policy. We know that uh, he he made things better for Americans uh, living in America. And so um, I thought that overall, his um, his tone and his focus on policy was really really well put. And I also agree with you that um, that his response to the question, which of course I had to ask about uh, Governor DeSantis and Nikki Haley and others, um, also was. Uh, was striking a, a, a different tone than some of the um, how people have characterized it as an attack because it allowed for room to say, you know, um, they're going to do what they have to do, but, uh, you know, but that's okay. But then focusing on winning for himself. Um, so do you think well, that that's and go ahead. Do you think that's going to change <laughs> as we get closer? So, so I have a couple of I have a different take on this whole Trump versus DeSantis thing, and and I think my take is the best take on it, Jenna. So here we go. All uh, right. Th- what is it that we love about Donald Trump? The man can not only can he take a punch, but but when he does get a punch, he punches back harder. Uh, remember, Donald Trump is never the first one to go out and attack someone. He always waits. So clearly. Team DeSantis has been doing something behind the scenes. But I think this is actually a good thing because we need to find out if Ron DeSantis can take a punch. And we haven't we haven't seen that just yet. So if Trump goes toe-to-toe with Ron DeSantis, I want to see how DeSantis responds, how he reacts. Uh, if he can't take a punch, if he's got a glass jaw, I would rather know that now. Because regardless, if Trump wins in 2024, we're going to have to have somebody in 2028 that will carry on the Trump standard, the banner. Is that person DeSantis? Is it Nikki Haley? I think it's going to be the person who can take who can take a punch. But the other part of this is um, the media, and and the president's going to have a difficult go of it because uh, the the conservative media, by and large, will not be on his side at least initially. And Fox has already kind of given us a preview of what to expect there. 
So the president is going to have to focus, and this is going to be difficult for the president, but this has to be a positive, forward-thinking campaign. We cannot relitigate the past. We've got to go forward. Here are the problems facing America. Here's how I'm going to get us out of that problem. That's, I believe, the winning formula for this president. And, Jenna, one other thing. All these reports about evangelicals abandoning Trump, simply not true. Had Pastor Robert Jeffers on my show a couple of weeks ago, and the fact of the matter is uh, they are still strong Trump supporters. So people cannot buy into what they're reading in the mainstream media. Well, Todd Starnes, host of the Todd Starnes Show, you and I uh, know that well, that uh, you definitely can't just believe everything that you read in in the media. I'm I'm always fascinated to uh, learn new things about myself based on my Google searches. Um, It's it's great what people know about me that I had no idea. You uh, try Wikipedia. Right, exactly. It's like, wow, never knew that one. Um, So that's completely true. Um, But I I think you are absolutely right in terms of uh, the, the reason for a really solid primary. And um, I hope that Ron DeSantis does get in uh, the race. And I know that others, uh, of course, as time goes on, will. And um, and I think you're right for that reason that we do want to see uh, kind of that uh, that head-to-head combat because we, um, we do want to see what Ron DeSantis is made of. Of course, he's he's done really well against um, all of the leftists and, you know, doing those kind of press conferences sort of combat um, in Florida. But that's very different than going up against someone like Donald Trump. And as um, the media, I think, has pointed out and are maybe accurate on this, um, no one has survived going toe to toe against Donald Trump. And, um, you know, he just he overwhelms and he always wins. And so um, so I think from that perspective, certainly, um, but it will also be uh, very interesting to see moving forward um, how the Democrats uh, take that and also how the media treats that. Because I think that a lot of uh, the media who right now are very much um, against Ron DeSantis in terms of Florida, if they just hate Donald Trump so much that they are willing to paint DeSantis in a better light, um, that, of course, would completely change as soon as, um, you know, after 2024 when uh, Donald Trump's done or if DeSantis got the nomination. That will change, and the media is never going to be nice to anybody. But it's going to be very interesting to see uh, kind of where they line up and who they think is is stronger and how uh, their response is. Um, so what do you think we can expect from the media in terms of just the primary if and when Governor DeSantis enters? Well, the media, and it's, this is going to be very important for people to, to watch because the media will have a candidate. They, they've already picked out who they want to be the GOP nominee. I suspect it's going to be Ron DeSantis. I think that's the, the matchup they want. DeSantis versus whoever is going to run on the Democrat side, which, by the way, I predict is going to be the more fascinating race. And I'm still not convinced that Joe Biden's going to be the guy. I've, you know, the people I'm talking to in Washington say Susan Rice and Barack Obama have a very heavy hand in this administration behind the scenes. And there is a real possibility that you could have someone like a Hillary Clinton or Michelle Obama step in and and be the nominee or at least run for the White House. So that's going to be a fascinating story. And And if it is, in fact, Michelle Obama, she is a formidable opponent. 
And that could, in in that instance, it has to be Donald Trump. And regardless, it has to be Donald Trump. And here's the reason why. He got a raw deal, Jenna. We now know that all of the allegations, the collusion, all of that, it turned out not to be true. So it's impossible for people to erase that in their minds, but they have to because it never happened. And yet all of that negative coverage tainted the minds of every single voter in the country. And that's why you have a lot of these conservatives out there, oh, I have voter, I have Trump fatigue. No, you don't. You have mainstream media fatigue. So right. that's why I think Trump, Trump is the guy. He's, I've already endorsed him. He's got my vote. Um, he's just, I think he's, um, he's proven himself. He delivered on his campaign promises and, uh, he's my guy. Well, and, and Todd Starnes, I think that is a position that is shared by uh, quite a lot of people. And you're right when you, uh, when you said moments ago that, um, the evangelicals are not walking away from Trump and they're not, uh, feeling disenfranchised, uh, by him. I mean, we know that, um, he, he was the best pro-life president, of um, of my generation certainly, and uh, is the reason that Roe versus Wade was overturned. I mean, there are so many different reasons, and his stance for religious liberty, um, and that that we love and support him, and that hasn't changed uh, in terms of his policy perspectives. And I thought it was very interesting as well his response today uh, to to the question about elaborating on you know woke is basically the new religion because he said you know this is something where um, they haven't really defined their terms. You know, woke covers a lot, but it also is a new religion in the sense that they're trying to force their ideology on everyone. And he's connecting that very wisely to uh, the the constitutionally protected right to be free against you know the government forcing their religion on you and and, and participation in an ideology that we fundamentally disagree with. And I think that that is a huge, huge winning issue for him. Uh, uh, to go into the 2024 primary. I don't want to get off into the weeds here, Jenna, but I will say this. I I always look for the silver lining on, on our national radio show, and the silver lining here is this. In the event that we are visited by creatures from another world, um, I suspect they're going to first encounter some sort of a woke pronoun-confused tree hugger, and they're going to take one look, and they're going to get back in their spaceship and head off to Venus, and they're just going to give us a pass. So that could be the one benefit of having these wolf people out there. <laughs> well, and, and <laughs> who knows? I mean, according to the Pentagon, they may already be visiting us. You know, so we, yeah. They haven't ruled out the UFOs, so maybe this is already happening, Todd. By, you know? the, by the way, on that note, this just blew my mind. So they're, they're out there yesterday saying, oh, they're laughing at us. Well, there's no such thing as aliens. Well, they were the ones telling us just the day before when they said they refused to rule anything out. I mean, it's just ludicrous. So anyway, that's my tangent. Absolutely. Well, in just the last few minutes I have with you, Todd Starnes, and really appreciate it. And we're going to make this a a regular segment with you. And um, I always love getting your perspectives and and insights. Um, I do want to talk about the Michigan shooting really quickly, because uh, Governor Whitmer just moments ago said that this is um, she blamed it on and she characterized it as something unique to the American experience. Um, I think that's just absolutely ridiculous. It's part of the left trying to be gun grabbers again. Of course, they politicize everything right away. Um, What's your take overall on this story? 
Well, it's it's still too soon to, to understand what happened. I mean, the investigation underway. We understand the gunman killed himself uh, with his uh, with the, one of the the weapons. So we don't know uh, how the guy got the guns. We don't know if they were stolen. If he purchased them legally, we just have no information. So for the governor or anyone else to go out there and and speculate. But this is what the Democrats do. Remember what the godfather, Rahm Emanuel, once said, never let a crisis go to waste. So we know anytime there is a shooting in America, the Democrats are going to say, we got to take, we got to take away all the guns. Personally, I would have liked to have seen, and I'm not sure what the gun policies are at Michigan State University, but I would have liked to have seen a couple of students there with their concealed carry, and um, you know maybe they could have they could have taken out the gunman. But again, that's speculation on my part. So let's wait, let's see what the facts tell us, the investigation, let the police do their job, and then we can have a conversation on whatever the heck happened at the at Michigan State University. But I will say this, Jenna. We live in a fallen world, and uh, I think that what we need to be doing is really focusing and looking at the condition of the human heart, and maybe the answer to the problem is not taking away guns at Michigan State University, but it's taking a look at what's happening right now at Asbury University in Kentucky. And that is exactly why woke is a new religion, because it all comes back down to worldview. And uh, so, Todd Starnes, thank you so much for joining me this morning. I think your insights are absolutely correct. And uh, we... We do need to follow this story uh, closely, but also wait for facts to come out. Um, so many times uh, between conservatives and uh, conservative media and even leftist media, everyone wants to initially try to divide it on uh, lines that, that either help our causes or, or not. Uh, but we do need to wait and see and because the facts will speak for themselves, and then we can have an opinion on those facts. So very well said. Really appreciate you joining me. And uh, we are going to return with your phone calls in response to uh, President Trump's interview. I would love to know what you thought. So call us at 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. We'll be right back with more on Jenna Ellis in the morning. Today's issues. There's going to be a panel to investigate the January 6th commission. I think it's going to be very exciting to watch as they haul in Alejandro Mayorkas. If Dr. Fauci thought he was going into retirement, he's going to be called back. Also, they are going to be investigating the weaponization of the federal government. Yeah, I want to hear that one. Yes, that's important. Today's issues, weekday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 Central on American Family Radio. Mom is a face washer, a coupon clipper, and a listening ear. She's a diaper changer, a laundry folder, and a mender of hearts. She's a master juggler of the jobs of the day. She's simply incredible and incredibly busy. At One Million Moms, we understand the hurried pace of the average mom. That's why we've made it so easy for you to take a stand against the trash that's in today's media. Visit OneMillionMoms.com. And having sent into Macedonia two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. 
As Apostle Paul navigated torrential ministerial waters in Ephesus, he sent Timothy and Erastus ahead of him as an advance team to Macedonia. Paul also includes Erastus as one who greeted the church at Rome in Romans 16.23, in which Paul described Erastus' job as the city treasurer in Corinth. In 1929, archaeologists in Corinth discovered a mid-first century Latin inscription that read, Erastus, in return for his edelship, laid the pavement at his own expense. The modern equivalent of a first century edel would be a city manager. The Bible is trustworthy. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. In this new world, on this new day, we rejoice that Roe versus Wade has been overturned. Preborn has been preparing for this moment for the past 16 years by positioning their clinics in the top six abortion states where 50% of abortions occur. Sadly, five of these six states will continue to abort babies at an even greater level. And since the abortion pill accounts for over 50% of abortions, babies are even more at risk. Preborn pregnancy clinics are completely dependent on you as they offer life-saving ultrasounds and the life-saving gospel to moms and babies in crisis. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life would be without her. To learn how you can be a part of rescuing babies' lives and sharing the heart of Jesus, go to preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Welcome back to Jenna Ellis in the Morning on American Family Radio. Welcome back. And we were very, very honored to have a special guest this morning, President Donald J. Trump. And if you missed that interview, you can always go back and listen to the podcast uh, version of this show at AFR.net and all of the prior episodes. But I wanted to get your take in comments and we'll get through as many calls as we can in uh, the remainder of the hour that we have together. So uh, call in and you can opine at 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. 8840. And let's start with Steve in Arkansas. Uh, Steve, good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, good morning, Jenna. Uh, give you a round of applause on getting Donald Trump on there in the first place. It's a magnificent accomplishment. Thank uh, you. The, uh, the idea would be reference to what he did for the military. When, and I am, I am an Army veteran. Uh, but uh, uh, subject, and then I said, uh, okay, now Donald Trump, to, to my understanding, he donated his salary as a president, okay, to build, uh, uh, re-garnishing the the, uh, the 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 cemetery of the of the Civil War veterans. I think at at Antietam or somewhere, okay. And uh, now he did that more than once, I think. But the point is that he he donated it. Compare that to what Newt Gingrich said about Joe Biden's presidential uh, his his address, okay, uh, State of the Union address. He said that Joe Biden gets into the uh, helicopter, to the the army helicopter to fly, to the marine helicopter to fly to Delaware to go swimming. Okay, so uh, I, I'm glad that I, as far as commander in chief goes, I want Donald Trump again. Thanks for your time. <laughs> Thanks so much for your comments, Steve. Great comments. All right, let's go to Ron out of Ohio. Uh, good morning, Ron. Good morning. My my question concerns 
2000, uh, President Trump carried 50% of the Catholic vote, I believe. And I believe like President Bush carried perhaps 62%. Is there any significance in this and why? And is it something to look at? Uh, well, thanks for the question, Ron. And, you know, of course, um, you know, any percentage of, uh, you know, whether it's the Catholic vote, the evangelicals, um, you know, this is something, of course, that uh, that any presidential candidate uh, would have to look at each of those bases and make sure that they are carrying, uh, you know, a significant portion of those votes. And, and I think in terms of uh, certainly any Republican versus Joe Biden, who claims that he's a Catholic, um, I think that the, the uh, Catholic vote, um, especially along the lines of uh, Joe Biden's extreme abortion views, uh, would have to suggest that uh, that Catholics should vote for the Republican nominee, whether that's Trump or someone else, 100%. So I hope that uh, the evangelical and Catholic vote will only grow in uh, the 2024 presidential election. Um, but, but good comment. All right. Um, let's go to Norman out of uh, Mississippi. Norman, good morning. Hello. Yeah. Good morning. Yes, ma'am. I, I was calling. I've been listening to it, and I heard the interview with the president. But I, I'm trying to find out uh, or to figure out how he can win in 2024 uh, when he could not win in 2020 simply because he did not get enough of independent and he did not get enough of Republican votes. Yeah. And Norman, that's a great question. And, um, you know, my personal opinion on that, of course, is that, um, you know, there were a a number of states that did not follow the law in the administration of elections. And we've done a lot of we meaning, you know, the the wider swath of conservatives and partnerships um, have done a lot of work on election integrity. So have a lot more uh, work to go. Um, But I think that if you have um, election integrity and you make sure that every legal vote and uh, counts and counts fairly, that uh, alone is a metric that will uh, have an impact on the outcome um, of an election between um, a Democrat and a Republican, whether that's Biden versus Trump or whether it ends up being some other Democrat versus uh, Trump or another Republican. So um, as President Trump mentioned this morning, the number one question um, for him, and I think he's right on this, is still election integrity. Um, so yeah, that for me is is really the answer to that question. But great comment. Um, let's go to Jeanette out of Oklahoma. Uh, good morning, Jeanette. Good morning. Yes, you made me proud to have President Trump on. We are supporters. I'm two years from 80 years old. And trust me, he did lose that election illegally, and we will put him back in where he needs to be. And I'm thankful you let the world know what the truth happened and what is. Well, thank you so much, Jeanette. Really appreciate that comment and glad that you will be getting out and uh, and voting. So we all need to be exercising our uh, privilege and access to the franchise and uh, be good citizens. So thanks so much for your comments. Let's go to Melody out of Ohio. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, I gave a contribution, a small contribution to President Trump's campaign, and I encourage all listeners to encourage, to contribute to his campaign 
And uh, my understanding is the media, they will, if Ron DeSantis is the candidate, which Republicans are beginning to favor, they will do the same thing to him that they did to President Trump. And there will be, quote, media fatigue against DeSantis, and they will say horrible things about his wife, include his children, and apologize later. It will be a um, horrible situation for Ron DeSantis. And I think Trump has, as uh, Todd Starn said, he can take a punch, and he gives a punch. And I think people are, should support President Trump for our next president. And I think he would be a good candidate if Michelle Obama would be the Democratic candidate. And it's, a lo- it's very suspicious that the Democrats are being kind to Ron DeSantis right now. And, they will, and the Republican candidate will not get the coverage or protection that uh, President Biden has received. Well, great comments, Melody. Thanks so much uh, for calling in. And, and I agree with you that um, the media is going to change their tune very quickly on Ron DeSantis uh, if he ended up becoming the nominee. They're never going to treat any Republican fairly. So uh, well said. All right, let's go to uh, Larry out of North Carolina. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Jenna. First of all, let me say that I appreciate your Christian worldview when it comes to all of these subjects. And you're doing Thank a great you. job filling in for San Diego's time slot there as well. Thank you. Um, my question is reference to Trump and his uh, his leaning towards approving the gay lifestyle. As a Christian, how should we respond to that? Now, if he gets the nomination, he's got my vote, but that bothers me. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Larry. And uh, even when I was uh, representing his campaign, I was also on the evangelical coalition for Trump and stood firm uh, that I'm a Christian and I wholeheartedly um, believe in and will only speak the truth of the Christian worldview. Um, and, you know, this is one of those things that we won't ever agree 100 uh, percent with any candidate. And so um, I had no problem supporting Donald Trump in 2016. I voted for him. I voted for him again in 2020. Um, and then I was privileged to work for him. And um, so we have to continue speaking truth in love and also recognizing that we need to exercise our vote in the best way possible. It's always a closed universe situation. We can vote for the best candidate, but we don't always have to agree with everything that they do because they support uh, some issues that that we just don't. And we have to first and foremost be Christians. So that's a great question. Um, And I will see you tomorrow morning on Jenna Ellis in the morning. Thanks so much to everyone who called in and for listening to our great president this morning. And thanks to President Trump for calling in. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.